Ticats Audio Network. This is the CFL This Week with Bubba O'Neill. This is the CFL This Week. I'm your host, Bubba O'Neill. Now, we have reached the midway point of the 2022 season, and after the uncrowning of the undefeated, two amazing comebacks from the Tiger Cats and the Lions, and wow, those Elks, they really pushed the Rough Riders this week. We will take a pause from our regular panel format for a special guest who is at the pulse of the Canadian Football League. He is CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. But first, Ticats fans, it is time to ride on our strength. From now until October 13th, purchase four eligible Hercules passenger or light truck tires to receive a $100 Ticats reward card and be entered to win our road trip sweepstakes. Now available at participating Active Green and Ross Ontario locations or visit HerculesTires.com slash AGR rewards. It's the moment we've all been waiting for. The big cheese has arrived. He is Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the Canadian Football League. Randy, thank you so much, and we really appreciate you giving us your time here on the Cats Audio Network. Well, it's great to be with you. I'm looking forward to the conversation today. You know, Randy, this is, you know, we were talking about this off camera, and this cannot be ignored. For the last two or three seasons, we've done nothing but talk about the collective bargaining agreements, uh, the pandemic, will there be a season? Will there not be a season? And here we are halfway through the 2022 season and we are talking about football. We are talking about thrilling games in this league and you have to have the biggest smile on your face. Well, Bubba, I'll say this. I, I think it's, uh, first of all, you can't imagine my uh, just sense of, uh, of happiness and relief to some, uh, to some degree that we are in fact focused on so many positive things rather than all of those things uh, you know, that, uh, that have sometimes dragged us down. I will say this, I, I'm very excited that we have a long-term agreement with the players. I think it's gonna give us a chance to actually create a partnership with them. Uh, maybe one that uh, some might say is long overdue. I also think that uh, we all sometimes, I think as Canadians have a bit of a bad habit of focusing on the negatives and and what's wrong rather than focusing on the positives and and what's right and and a lot of this season has been about what's right and that's been very pleasing well the this it's a microcosm this weekend uh, all four games right down to the wire excitement for the fans excitement for the players what do you think has been the area of improvement in the game so far this season well, you know, uh, uh, we try to take a very clinical approach to being able to answer a question like that, Bubba. And one of the things I do point to, you know, are uh, the number of points scored are up. Like we're uh, we're uh, uh, just prior to this past weekend, uh, 50.5 points per game. So scoring is up and we know fans love scoring and we've seen a lot of it. Uh, the games are are tightening up. We're, we're down about two and uh, two minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, shorter per game so with you know some of the strategies we created around uh, game flow they're they're really uh, taking uh, effect penalties are down um, they're down about eight percent over 2021 and you know fa fans want to see a game that's flowing and don't want to see flags everywhere I think our officials have done an excellent job of managing the games that's positive and um, 26 of our 39 games have ended in the last three minutes and you know what that's the CFL right yeah. the the last three minutes in, in uh, let's just say, in, in a different brand of football, all too often those last three minutes uh, are, or two minutes aren't as meaningful. They've been exceptionally meaningful in our league. So 
you know, on the metrics, I think we can be very, very pleased with what we've seen so far. I think our rules committee led by Greg Dick and the work that Greg and Darren Hackwood did to, to bring our teams together. A lot of those changes that they, that they made, I think have paid, uh, paid handsome dividends so far. I think you nailed the word right there. And it's, 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 it's three letters or I can add an S and make it four fans. Uh, Winnipeg, what an atmosphere uh, in that game on Thursday night where they actually become undefeated and lose their first game. And what's going on in BC? And of course, Hamilton has always been a staple. Montreal seems to be alive. I, I think our markets in this league seem to be really benefiting from the games. And people are starting to get a little more curious about the CFL. Am, am I right on that one? Yeah, I, I think so. Look, uh, it maybe maybe Bubba, that's one of the things that we, uh, if you make kind of things you, you reflect on, we didn't spend enough time, in my opinion now, I mean, you don't spend enough time really focused on your product. And we spent a lot of time this offseason on our product, really starting with the fans. What it, what was it that our fans want? So we, we, we put into the market one of the largest, maybe the largest fan survey in CFL history to really understand what did fans think about our product and what would they like to see more of and less of in our product. And then you take that and you translate that into a rules committee process. And then our coaches, presidents, and GMs got involved and they recommended changes that have really helped us. So, you know, like I, I feel uh, everywhere you turn Edmonton on Saturday night, I, I happened to be there. It was homecoming and I happened to be there and they had 26,000 fans at Commonwealth and it was a great atmosphere. Unfortunately, the home team lost. And I guess for Saskatchewan, uh, uh, congratulations on a, on a great win. But boy, I think we are building. And that game in Calgary on on Saturday, oh. uh, I mean, what a finish! Uh, this young phenom, uh, uh, Rourke, and what he's been doing. And you know, you know that the fans in Calgary left disappointed that their team lost, but you also know that they saw one of the best football games I I of the year, and one that's going to have people coming back. So look again, I think the credit goes to. GMs and coaches and the players for putting on a great show, but that's going to bring people. And we learned that through the fan survey, by the way, that people want to see a great product and you give them a great product and they will come. And I think they'll come to, to see great stars. You just talked about Nathan Rourke, something that I don't, I mean, I've watched the game for a long time. You've watched even longer and played the game. Have you seen anything like this kid? Like this is, this is, this is a superstar in the making. If he's not a superstar already, it seems. Yeah, he's special. And there is no doubt that what he's done in this, uh, you know, in this uh, first half of the season has been special. And, you know, I, I think, you know, what made what made Saturday exciting is uh, you got Bo Levi, you know, one of the one of the most storied quarterbacks in the league's history, battling it out with his young phenom. And they're and they're, you know, they're throwing haymakers at each other too two really, you know, great quarterbacks and, uh, and, and Bo Levi's got a lot of, a lot of career in front of him. And you got this young guy who's obviously got a, a green field in front of him and they're duking it out. And that was super exciting, but you know, again, now you, you go, you go across the games, go through across, uh, you know, the four games this weekend, we saw great performances in every game from great players. And again, Bubba, that was one of the things we heard in our fan survey. People want to see great players playing great football. And I'm happy to say in the first half of the 2022 season, that's what our players and our coaches and our GMs have delivered. 
I don't know if this is a league responsibility or a team responsibility, but how do we make these players like a Nathan Rourke household names across the country? Well, at some level, it's uh, it's organic, right? So you have to let Nathan Rourke be Nathan Rourke, and 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 he has been true to that uh, to that test so far. Uh, you know, I don't think you can make up stars, but the good thing, Bubba, and the thing I love about our league is you don't have to make them up. There's just a lot of great players around this league. Look, uh, I look at uh, I look at Simone Lawrence as an example. You know, you want to talk about a you want to talk about somebody that's had a great career so far, but you know. At a point in the game on Friday night, I'm watching him go down and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, are we about to lose this remarkable player? And then he bounces back and he made some remarkable plays in the second half of that game. And so, you know, you don't have to pretend that we have stars. We have them. You know, uh, the receivers, the, the, the linebackers, I mean, I go on and on. The good news is we have great players and they are playing great. So that's the content. And now we're talking about content distribution. How do we create more opportunities for our fans to tap in? Something we're really excited about that came with the Genius Transaction is an opportunity to give the players a tool that after a game, they can have a bunch of clips that uh, featured them as players in 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 a waiting room. And then they can send those clips out through their own social feeds to kind of celebrate the game and the performance they had. And that's going to allow us to reach out to fans and gives fans a real customized experience from the players that they love the most. So, you know, we are, we are meeting the challenge of this new era of social media and marketing, and we're meeting that with a partner and technology that can help us. So, Again, great players and some great marketing strategies. I think it's going to help us to build a whole new fan base for the CFL. And I would, I would, I'm going to presume that you're speaking about the uh, a younger uh, audience that's coming up through. I mean, the, the fans are the fans that are there already. I guess it's it's about building those younger crowd. I guess. Yeah, they, that it is. But you know, Baba, I think that's kind of one of the things that we do hear a lot. Right? Is you know, we we need younger fans. Look at the crowd in Hamilton on Friday night. There are a lot of young people in that stadium that are now uh, sometimes I think you almost have to take a camera into those concourses because they have these places that and the end zone where they think they serve the odd libation or two. <laughs> and, and you and you kind of have to go and look for it. Look at the rum hut in in Winnipeg on Thursday night. You know, that's a strategy that was created by Wade Miller and the Bombers. And there, I think they have upwards of 4,000 people that are crowded into that end zone. They don't sit in a seat. Uh, they're there. At, you look at the pill zone in Saskatchewan and what's going on there. You look at the bar rail in Ottawa and what the Red Blacks have done. Mark Gowdy, uh, Adrian Sierra, John, John Ruddy, and Roger Greenberg, what they built there. Kind of everywhere you look in our league, you're seeing these young fans congregating um, and so now, of course, what we want to do is we just want to add more and more to the mix. But I think we are be- we are at the beginning of a whole new beginning, a rejuvenation of our fan base. But every time you turn on your TV, what you'll what you'll see every time you go to a game, you're going to see a lot of young fans who are rocking the CFL. You, you talked about the players and let's use Simone as an example, a guy that's been around for basically 10 years. I mean, he had those short little stint in Edmonton, but he's been in Hamilton growing roots. 
And he's out there, you know, hustling in the, in the, in the hospitals and doing the charity events and representing the tiger cats. How, and I know I, this may be a CBA thing and, you know, I get too tied up in this, but I think one of the things I hear from people is that I, 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 I fall in love with a player, but next year he's with a different team. How do we control that? Or is that controllable to kind of keep players in one area or playing with one team for a long time? Yeah, well, Bubba, that was one of the real areas of focus for us going into this collective bargaining uh, process back, uh, which Scott Mitchell, by the way, did a great job on behalf of the league as a member of our player relation committee, was a real focus on creating more mechanisms for players to want to, uh, to stay longer in their in their CFL cities. And, you know, we have, uh, we have an opportunity now to nationalize an American uh, who's played on a team and, and stayed in the community. You've got an option now for some guaranteed money that can be offered to a player as an, as an incentive to stay in their CFL community. There were mechanisms and, you know, really full marks to our PRC, Scott Mitchell and his partners uh, led by Stephen Shammy. Uh, Wade Miller and John Huffnagel were part of that group as well. Uh, full marks to them, but also full marks to the Player Association for recognizing that this was an opportunity to elevate the league. So I think both sides should be commended because you're right, Bob, but this is what's so important. And I think we should never lose sight of it. One of the greatest things that this league has done for Canada and why it is so critically important to Canada's future is that it brings people together. And it is those players that have come to their communities and made them home and gone to the hospitals and seen, seen um, children who are struggling and they go to school and they talk to kids about, like, uh, about you know, um, lessons they've learned in their lives. And they talk about important issues of, with young men about uh, how to properly treat, how to properly treat women and the respect that we need to show uh, uh, to show women, all of those programs that go on across the league all the time. But maybe now, Bubba, maybe now it's even more important than ever. You think about community and now, you know, inside our own homes, uh, we're perhaps a little more fragmented because we, instead of gathering in front of the TV to watch a game, everyone's in their own corner of the house with their own personal device, you know, uh, <laughs> watching whatever they're watching. And what the CFL does is it brings that family, gives them a place to go where they can be a family. It's like we're up. It's like um, those devices. These devices are like a, a, they're like a moat and the CFL is a drawbridge. And we and we bring families together. We bring communities together. We give friends an opportunity to gather. Absolutely. We give communities like, in, you know, the great city of Hamilton and all that it all that the Ticats mean to the community. Uh, sometimes fragmented, but then this drawbridge called the Ticats and the CFL, you know, come down and we bring people together. And then you look at the Grey Cup and what the Grey Cup means to the country. This country that at times can be arguing with each other, East versus West, province against province. And then the Grey Cup comes and all you get is Canadians just coming together and rocking the Grey Cup and celebrating being Canadian. So Bubba, maybe maybe more now than ever in our history, we need the CFL and we need a strong CFL. And that's why I'm excited about what's going on in cities like Hamilton. 
We've got some fan questions uh, on Facebook and Twitter to get to. And I just want to get you on one more there. And this has been a discussion on the CFL this week going every single week, uh, whether it be one of the writers or, or one of the TV personalities from TSN. What are your thoughts about maintaining the East versus West or going to a format that would feature one to nine? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and honestly, one that I suspect the question is going gonna, is gonna to go on. Regardless of what we might or might not do, people will want to have that conversation. In some respects, you got to love the fact that it creates a conversation. So uh, all on its own, you don't necessarily have to solve every problem for that for that problem to be part of the solution, if you'll, if you'll follow where mm -hmm. my drift. Part of the solution is we got passionate CFO fans that want to talk about it. I love that. And while I may not be able to solve the problem the way they want it solved, I love the fact that I can have that conversation with them and we can argue back and forth. Look, Bubba, for myself, I grew up, a, I grew up in, in Winnipeg. I'm a, you know, I, I get some in some ways you feel like that's my roots. I'm a Western Canadian. And the East versus West, and you know, growing up, my my brothers and I would gather around with my with mom and dad and watch the Grey Cup. And it didn't matter whether you know our hometown Bombers were playing in the game or not. We were going to cheer for the West against those rascals from the East, no no matter no matter who they were. And and there's a bit of a feeling I have about the power of that dynamic East versus West. But you know, like everything, I think one of the things I admire from our governors. Scott Mitchell, Bob Young, and all of their colleagues is they're prepared to engage in a conversation about important issues. And they've been showing a willingness, they've shown consistently a willingness to have that conversation. If you asked me, I'd like to leave it the way it is, right? because I love the tradition there. But I also know that we should have those important conversations with each other from time to time. And really, and really to say, is this a time to do it differently? And those that believe that it should be done differently get a chance to argue their point. And those that uh, that like me are more uh, more biased to the tradition get to have their moment in the sun to argue their case. But it's good to have the argument, and I think it's good for the CFL, by the way, if we're having those kinds of discussions. I appreciate you answering that question because that has certainly been a hot topic this season. Let's go to a fan question here. Claudio asked the question: We all know the focus of CFL. 2.0 is to grow the game internationally, but what is the CFL going to do to ensure Canadian kids of tomorrow have the ability to play the game we all love? Thank you for your time, Claudio. Well, uh, first of all, I want to thank Claudio for asking the question. You know, uh, Clint, if I have a frustration from time to time is that I think we underestimate, and in some cases dramatically underestimate, just how great the Canadian talent is in our league. In fact, I'd argue that perhaps it's never been better than it is today. Again, this is one of those times where sometimes I feel like we are, we are, our natural tendency is to look at the negative side of an argument. Uh, tell me when you look at our CFL rosters, we aren't seeing some of the greatest Canadians of all time playing our game right now. Heck, we got a quarterback. And the last time we saw a quarterback that say that's had this level of notoriety happens to be a gentleman by the name of Russ Jackson. Wow. who has some history in the city of Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And of course his legend was created in, uh, in Ottawa, but we've got 25 Canadian kids that are in the NFL right now. We have Canadian players that are playing the game. I don't care about ratios and rules and all of that. We have some of the greatest Canadians in our history are playing in our game right now. 
and they join the likes of uh, teammates like of mine, like Rod Connop and Pierre Bercheval and, and so many others who I knew when I played them, I was playing beside giants. I was playing beside and, and playing against some of the greatest players in the history of our league. And they happened to be Canadian. Again, how, how, why and am I so convinced there's a great future for Canadians in football? Because all I have to do is watch football games and note where those young, some of those young men were born and raised. And then I know that the future of football in Canada and for Canadians is bright because some of the, some of the game's biggest stars, some might argue the game's biggest star today in our league happens to be a Canadian and you go, the future is bright. Ashley from Facebook asks, what has been your highlight of the year? Oh my goodness. So many things. Ashley, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish I could point to one thing. I, I feel like. Are I you being high- commissioner like right now? No, I don't <laughs> think so. I, I think I can explain it this way. Every time I walk into a stadium and I see the passion of our fans, that's a highlight. I turn on a game. So this weekend, I, okay. I'm in Winnipeg. I was in Winnipeg for the Thursday night game. And I saw that game and go into overtime. That's a highlight. Then I then I tune on tune in Friday night and I see the game in Hamilton. What a game! A highlight. Then I'm in Edmonton for the game on Saturday, but I'm watching the game from Calgary, and it ends in a last minute drive, a last minute drive with young Nathan Rourke taking his team down to kick a field goal, winning 41-40. And boy, tell me that isn't a highlight. So Ashley, I wish I could point to one thing. And no, Clint, I'm not being I'm not being commissioner like. <laughs> I'm just saying I think if you look step back, look the first the kickoff to start the season. Uh, after, you know, what was a pretty, you know, pretty challenging negotiation with the players. That was a highlight for me because it got us started. But boy, there are so many things that I'm proud of and things that excite me about our future. They, they are all fall into my highlights category. Rusty from Twitter. He's got a, kind of a long question here, so I'll kind of pre- shorten this about uh, free agency. Is there too much movement of players, which we kind of talked about, but I think you can expand on that one. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I think in the past, I, I think that's been an area of significant concern for our fans. And you you alluded to it earlier, Baba, you know, where, you know, a fan says, look, I, I've got a player that I love. And, and then, you know, he's he's gone after a season or two. And uh, a lot of the work, and I answered the question earlier, but it's just to restate, I think a lot of the work that we have to give credit to RPRC, to Steve Shammy, to Scott, to Wade Miller and John Offnagel and the players was to create mechanisms in the collective agreement that will allow us to have more longevity. Look, one of the reasons that I love the, uh, the ability to nationalize a player, and I got to just go back to Angela Mosca, one of the greatest, one of the greatest players in CFL history, Angelo played as a nationalized Canadian. And in the end, Hamiltonians didn't think of Angela Mosca as an American who played football in Canada. He was nope. Canadian. He was a brother and a sister to all Canadians because he was in so many ways, everything that exemplified the the best of who we were as a, as a league. So uh, look, I think we've done a lot to move in the right direction here and I'm hoping it's going to stabilize our rosters, give players a chance to stay and play. And, you know, again, we look at somebody like Simone as an example, as somebody that's come into a community, made a big impact, 
and has stayed and played for a long time. I, we need to have more Simone Lawrence experience around the league. And I think we've set the table for that to happen. Here's a fun one from Karen in Stony Creek uh, on Twitter. What is your future with the league? I guess you well, came in 2017, I guess. So yeah, just I'm just now starting my sixth year, and you know it's been um, it's been a, an interesting and at sometimes challenging uh, five years. Uh, look, I, I, I would I would I plan on staying as long as I can, as long as they serve the league and our governors the way they want to be served. And uh, you know, I get up every morning with the great, the greatest of intentions to 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 bring honor to this job that I've uh, that I that I've been asked to do. Uh, and as long as the governors want me to be uh, the commissioner, I'll serve. And at some point, you know, it's gonna you'll have to, you know, uh, as they say, Father Time is undefeated. At some point, it'll be somebody else's turn. But until that time, I'll do uh, I'll do this to the very best of my ability and try to serve our teams and our governors, uh, uh, you know, in a in a way that brings honor and uh, and distinction to the CFL. There's a bunch of them talking about the team out east, but I think there's a another person here that kind of took it in another direction. Are there other? markets in that the CFL are interested in other than Quebec City or uh, the eastern provinces? Yeah, you know, look, that's a great, it's again, it's a great question. And in some ways, I think we almost have to start rethinking how we define our our markets. Uh, Look, we had an unbelievable experience in Wolfville this, uh, this past, uh, this past, uh, what, three weeks ago now, just unbelievable how we energized Atlantic Canada and we were part of the Atlantic Canada family and we wanna be there, you know, we really do. Uh, you know, we're talking about how do we extend our, our uh, touchdown series and, and, and could we consider, for example, having two or three or maybe one day four touchdown games every year in, in a, as part of our CFL season? And we're having those conversations with our teams right now. You know, is there a way to extend our reach into new communities? And so, you know, there's there's a certain reality. You have to have a city of a certain size. So the, you know, Atlanta, Canada, Moncton and Halifax certainly fit that bill. We know Quebec City has got a tremendous history in sports. That certainly fits that bill. But, you know, longer term, are there other markets that are now growing? Kelowna is one of the fastest growing cities in Canada. And is there is there a time, perhaps one day, when when Kelowna, as an example, might be a CFL city? Uh, look at Victoria as the capital of British Columbia. It's an amazing community. Certainly one of the certainly one of the prettiest cities in in all of Canada. And uh, you know, is is Kelowna or sorry, is is Victoria a potential a candidate for a CFL city. I know this, when we brought in a, a group of experts to really look at expansion objectively, their view was that expansion is very important to our future. But they said, you can't get to 12 until you get to 10. So get to 10. And they said, you know, get to 10 and then never, never do odd numbers ever again, right? So yeah. get to 10 and then and then you can't get to 12 until you've, until you've got to 10. In no way do I want to be negative with this question here, but and this is just one for myself, actually. Uh, we did have an incident this season, um, one of the few negative situations between the 
the Rough Riders and the Ottawa Red Blacks that uh, brought out a suspension that we've never had before in the Canadian Football League. Uh, some of it had to do with actions on the field by a player on a player. And there was also some words exchanged. Uh, you know, some would say racist, some would say, uh, you know, bigot, bigotry, and the league dealt with it. Um, what is the league doing to continue to make sure that these kind of situations don't happen again and that they're well policed? Yeah. Well, uh, Bubba, in some respects, it starts by uh, making sure that our partnership with the players and the Players Association is strong because a lot of these issues can't be dealt with uh, uh, just by the league alone. They have to be dealt with with the Player Association as our partner. So that's step number one. I think number two is you got to bring in some external experts to help uh, because these are complicated issues and society is changing and our expectations of one another are changing. And so we need to bring in some external help, which we are, which we are doing right now. And it's a way of understanding the issue and how should we be thinking about it? So that process is, is ongoing. I think one of the other issues is education. And that is we have to all learn to do better. We have to learn, we have to learn a new set of expectations of one another. Baba, I think one thing that I believe we do, we don't do enough. We maybe do too much about, about looking backwards and being very critical of ourselves. And in, and in some cases, justifiably so. We don't do enough to celebrate how far we've come. Listen, the human, the human race is a study in evolution, in growth. And in progress, the human race has demonstrated over generations and generations that we've generated, uh, we've, we've defined ourselves in some ways by our ability to learn and to grow and to adapt and to do better. You know, I think about my three brothers and I growing up, four yahoos growing up in Winnipeg and, you know, the way we might have thought about things then, and I would sit with my three brothers today and I think we would just say, boy, how far we've come how far we've improved. And, and I think that is a sign, that's a beacon of hope that together we can solve our problems. But some of it is spending a little less time being critical and a lot more time in celebrating progress and setting a whole new expectation for each other. How do we continue to work together as, as brothers and sisters in this great experiment called humanity? And, and so, you know, what can we do? We gotta, we gotta, we have to, we have to study, we have to understand, we have to educate. And then when necessary, we have to discipline because we do have to say, when you have a principle and that principle is violated, that can't be allowed to happen. And so again, there has to be a line in the sand somewhere that says, this is a line we will no longer cross and Baba, again, not that we're perfect and we are far from it. And we learn every day some of these issues that we face are challenging, but we try to take a positive step forward in every, every time we're confronted with a challenge, we try to learn something from the challenge and we try to take a step in the right direction. And again, for me, I'd like to just say, I, I, all of us together should, should feel a sense of pride in how far we've come and comma and we have to acknowledge we still have a long way to go because we're we're far from perfect but i believe we are making great strides 
Well, it was a saying that came up in a, in a program that was brought up by you guys many years ago that's alive and well today. And the, the diversity is our strength. And uh, the Canadian Football League puts it together better than I think anyone else, maybe even in the world, seeing where players come from. Um, I, I think you know this because you played the game. The locker room is an, uh, the most diverse in a football team, the most diverse um, gathering of young men and sometimes old men <laughs> that you will ever, ever see. So it seems that it's alive and well in the Canadian football league. And uh, uh, thank you for addressing that question. Cause I know that's something that's on the mind of many people nowadays. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. It's been fantastic. Half an hour. I mean, really appreciate you uh, giving us our time and answering some of the tough questions that uh, the league is facing today. And uh, again, um, do you have a great cup pick? <laughs> I do. I want the. I want to, to play in the Grey Cup. I want two great teams. Oh. I want the game. I want the game to be 38 38 uh, with two minutes left to go. And then I want the team that deserves it the most to win. Who is that, Randy? <laughs> <laughs> You've been fantastic. Thanks for joining us, Randy. Hey, Bubba. Great to talk to you. Great handle, by the way. Love it. And it's always a pleasure to see you. Thanks so much. Outstanding chat with the commissioner getting across all the big points that I know many of you guys want to know, you want to hear, you want to discuss. And it's many of the topics that we've discussed so far through the first half of the season on the CFL this week. We return to our normal uh, roundtable format next week, but uh, we certainly had to get in the commissioner. We certainly appreciate him for his time. One little reminder, guys, Cat fans, time to ride on our strength. From now until October 13th, purchase for eligible Hercules passenger light truck tires to receive $100 in Ticat uh, rewards card and be entered into our road trip sweepstakes available at participating active green and Ross Ontario locations or visit Hercules tire.com slash AGR rewards. Again, as we talked about, we thank the commissioner for his time and we will return again. This has been the CFL this week on the Ticats Audio Network. Again, we're here every Monday. Please join us. If you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, do the same on your podcast catcher. We're across all podcasts so you can find us every week and a new edition comes out every Monday. I'm your host, Bob O'Neill. This has been the CFL this week on the Ticats Audio Network. The CFL This Week with Bubba O'Neill. Subscribe, like, and get the deepest takes on Canada's game every Monday.